This episode is brought to you in part by our Patreon members. If you want to support the Geek Therapy Network and learn more about our exclusive perks, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. I'm Josue Cardona with Alima too. Yo. He's back. I'm back. Laura Taylor. Hey. And Lauren Keller. What's up? Uh, all right, before we get started, community catch up. Community catch up. On the network side of things, we've got uh, a few new podcasts. Uh, Goblin Lore has an interview with Magic the Gathering artist Titus Lunter. Starship Therapies has an episode on self-care as activism, superhero therapy, on uh, psychology of Halloween, and Rolling for Change has an episode on creativity and gaming. And on the community side, I just want to mention uh, two things. One is that the Facebook group is close to 600 members. Woo-hoo. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... If you haven't joined yet, join that. And just a quick update on Extra Life. How'd we do, Lara? How did we do? We knocked it out of the park. Oh, my gosh. How much? How much we get? How much we get? As of right now, we have even more than we had when I announced it, like, the day after Extra Life. We have $5,390.30 raised for the kids. For the kids? For the kids. And I still need to hit my goal. So if anyone wants to donate to me, it would be really nice. I'm really <laughs> far from my goal. I'm very far. <laughs> I, I can taste that gold medal. I can taste it. Ooh, ooh. Lara posted a picture on Facebook where she's got all these medals she's received from, from Every year? all the different years. Yeah. Mm, man. Yeah, I'm pretty far from my goal. But uh, but I did I did raise more than I ever have before. Right. So so that's good. You're not you're not that far from a medal too, Hoswine. Where where is the first medal? When at what point? Five hundred. Ooh. Oh man. Okay. (laughs) But you got your T-shirt. I did. I did. Okay. All right. So for today's topic, Lauren was uh, gracious enough to succinct put it more succinctly than I did uh, when I was trying to to explain what I wanted to talk about. So what we're going to talk about is how good and evil expression in media serves as cultural framing for how we define and think about it. Ali and I actually have talked about this before. Right after the 2016 elections, I told him, you know, I have an idea for for a show. I I find it really difficult to understand certain people right now in the political landscape. And I think that using the geek therapy model, we can maybe reach some understanding. So like if I see something in real life as, uh, I don't know, like as a, as I was seeing some politicians, some things that were happening as basically the villains in TV shows and cartoons that I was watching. So I was wondering if other people could show me or like give me other media examples so I could understand where they were coming from. Maybe just better understand each other through 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 media examples. That was the idea I had. It never went anywhere because I couldn't find anybody who had the polar opposite or even dissimilar uh, beliefs or perspectives uh, than than I did. So that never went anywhere. Um, yeah, Josue, we talked about this like right after the election too on the podcast that you wanted to find somebody and you asked for somebody and nobody with opposite views showed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, and I understand kind of why. Like, uh, but I, I'm actually closer now to finding uh, <laughs> someone than oh. I was before. Uh, but so I wanted to talk about this. Uh, now, because we're in another election cycle, and obviously I'm paying more attention to politics than maybe I, I normally would, and I couldn't help but think I see a lot of politicians basically acting like comic book villains, and I wanted to 
to see if you're having a similar experience and if not just in general, how do you see the real world good and bad versus media good and bad? There are characters in the shows that we love that are that are ob- that are presented as heroes and that matches up with what I believe to be heroes in real life. My heroes are honest. They're not racist. <laughs> they're um, ethical. They tend to be nice. So w- what do y'all think? So one thing that I notice in the media, a lot of the villains I like, you can see where they're coming from. You, you get the, the, the shades of gray rather than the black and white. And I know there's a lot of portrayals of very clear-cut evil in, in especially geeky media with super, uh, super villains and stuff like that. But in the real world, I am having a really hard time finding with particular certain people, the shades of gray. I, I see it. And I, I see the country becoming that the black and white kind of thing and not being able to see the reasons behind why people do what they do, which is what I love so much about shows like um, Once Upon a Time. I, I love the villains and the heroes both having they're they're real. They have two sides that I just can't with the real world. <laughs> so um listening to what you said, Husue, and it made me think of a moment I had in grad school when I was in a psychotherapy class, um, and we were talking about um treating the different ways in which people do therapy. And my professor mentioned uh, therapy in forensic settings. So these are uh, jails or prisons. And I asked a question. I said, how can you work with someone who is convicted of murder? Because it seemed like so wrong and so evil, right? We're talking about good and evil. And in my mind, that seemed very much like evil. And my professor sort of stopped and kind of leaned back and was thinking about it, like reflected on it for like a good 20 seconds. Like it was a long time. And then said, our job is to connect with the humanity in the other person. And if we are able to do that, um, you are able to find empathy and understand how they got to the place where they are right now. And so so much of my job is um, is to do exactly that and to take situations where I might see black and white, I might see good and evil, and try to find the gray, try to find the middle path there. So even with some of the more difficult situations, um, and I, I would say just I'm speaking for myself, but one of the hardest situations is um, situations involving the president. Um, even then... Like, as I've learned about his childhood and his family and the the experiences he had growing up, I can find and develop some empathy for for how he got to where he is. Doesn't mean I'm excusing or agreeing with or anything like that, but I can find some empathy. So um, it's really hard, really, really hard for me to see things as all good or all bad. The other thing that kind of messes us up for me is just... Um, a lot of research from social psychology and how certain environments can draw out more good or certain environments can draw out more bad. So I don't know. All that stuff is sort of mucked with this idea for me, which is almost worse because then you just see great, uh, a lot of grays and then I feel like cheaty from the good life. I'm like, ah, good or bad. I don't know. Ah, I can't decide. 
That's that's interesting, Ali, because when I started in grad school after that, I would watch TV with my wife, right? And we'd be watching things like Law and Order, and she'd be like, oh, you need to do this, like, lock him up, do this horrible, like, he did such horrible things, and I'll be like, but look at what happened to him. Yeah. And I would look at the, and we would get into arguments, so we had to take a break from watching things uh, to get some things together because I would always find that piece of humanity. Mm-hmm. And so I have an easier time with your average person mm-hmm. um, and, and clients. I work with kids in the juvenile justice system and I have worked with adults in the justice system. So, and I'm, it's easier for me to find that, that piece there. I think it's easy to also put perceptions of someone that you don't know you don't know a lot about them say the president or other politicians that i don't necessarily agree with it's easy for me to be able to be like eh i don't know anything about them Mm, and i don't mm -hmm. really i i don't know it it also the average person that i'm dealing with and treating doesn't necessarily have an effect directly on how i live my life every day so I think it's easier for me to to have that empathy. Laura, I completely agree with everything you're saying. And I've had that experience, mm-hmm. too, watching yeah. certain media with my wife. And, and she was <laughs> like, how do you like that person? Right, how right, can, right, right. Why are you defending them? Can't you just watch the show? No, I can't. No, I, it's hard to turn that part of my brain off. And when I was uh, a kid, I think I did. This is getting back to what you said earlier about the kind of villains you like in stories. When I was a kid, very young. I liked a lot of good and bad kind of characters. And then, you know, I watched Batman the Animated Series and that had really great human character uh, villains um, Mm -hmm. and heroes that had a lot of uh, good and bad qualities. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, like, you can totally see how Mr. Freeze became Mr. Freeze. Like, so it... um, I don't know. Those are the kind of villains I like too, but it, it makes it it makes it hard. It makes it okay. hard to have. Okay. These. Well, well, it's interesting that you both went in in this direction in particular, and maybe the way I ordered it at the beginning. I think it's more. I think it's useful for this conversation if we don't talk about good or bad people mm-hmm. and and talk about good and bad behavior, because. Like right. bringing the president up again, right? Yeah, you can think about the president and be like, man, I get it. I get why he's like this. But that's very different from like having a stadium cheering him on when he talks about like locking people up or separating families and people are like, yeah, do it. Like take people's rights away. Fuck them. You know, like that's mm-hmm. very different than like understanding a person. Another thing is like cheering on evil or, or, or good behavior. And like, like, I just can't believe how many people I apparently disagree with on what good or bad behavior is or what a good or bad idea is, not necessarily the the people. That That is a good point to make and one that I make with my clients all the time. You're not a good or a bad person. Like, I think my dad is a pretty good person, but he's also homophobic. And like, I don't think he's a bad person. I understand why he is that way. And he's just, I mean, that's something that's like hard to to reconcile. But I never cheer him on or accept th- those bad things that I think that he does or those bad ideas that I think he has. You know, mm-hmm. I think I know why. Or at least my theory, right here, like presented here, is that a lot of the things that I believe, like I think 
being racist is bad. And a lot of that comes from media I, I consume. Like you're using your Mr. Freeze example. Yeah, Mr. Freeze is like a tragic story. But you're never like, yeah, freeze everybody to death, man. It's okay. I get it. I get what. <laughs> it's okay. Do it. I, I like just, him. I just saw a meme that um, totally plays into all of this that questions of like why are the young why is the younger generation rising up and making a statement now and they've been raised on dystopian series uh the hunger games and harry potter and these big evil things and then all of a sudden the president is a cart like a cartoon character right like this big evilish person and it's a symbol of this and these kids can rise up and be like, you're the bad thing and we're going to fight you because we learned how to shoot arrows from Katniss and we learned how to band together through Harry Potter. And and it's crazy to, to think of how much of an impact that consumption of all those like end of the world, like we have to fight. This is, this is it. This is the, the line that we have to draw kind of media that these kids have seen and and not just kids but millennials too so. so the question i have is like what so i mean not all young people right like um fall into that category but let's assume right that everybody that watched hunger games suddenly is like whoa like the world is turning into into this is president snow right here <laughs> yeah yeah right like so so what are other people watching that that make Barack Obama look that way to them and make Trump's behavior look like the hero. Fox News. <laughs> so, yes, right, right. So that's definitely uh, part of it. But like on the fictional side, what stuff is there? I think it's a, it's I think it's the same stuff. There's been times when I've spoken to people about um, Star Trek and we've had very different interpretations of some of the messages um, in in the media. I think so so much of how you understand and consume and experience and digest media is based upon your culture and your beliefs and your values and your um, everything you've grown up with. So sometimes it's the exact same stories, but a very different interpretation of them. I suppose, yeah, I suppose if you're looking at, like, the dystopian type of media, like, if you believe that Obama's going to come and take your guns, you're watching stuff that says arm everybody and help them fight and we need to fight back. And I guess you could take it that way. Okay, so there, there's a, a lot, a lot, a lot of angles to come at this conversation from, some of which you guys have already touched on. What I think is important to recognize is that we know the difference between fiction and reality. We know that real life doesn't have truly villainous villains and truly heroic heroes, which is, you know, partly why there's been, um, especially in the past decade or so, there's been like an uptick of um, like anti-hero stories or those those relatable villains that you guys you know, touched on. Even though we know this stuff logically, we know that that Harry Potter is not a one-for-one representation or reflection of our real world, obviously, right? He's not? Nope. Even Man. though it, it could be cool. I don't know. Maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we, we, we know that logically, but we're not, we're not thinking about 
you know, good and evil actions necessarily from a place of logic. We we are thinking about them schematically. We are drawing from both real life things that we have seen and experienced, but also all of that fictional stuff. And that gets kind of just squeezed in there. And so I feel it becomes part of like <laughs> critical thinking <laughs> and, and uh, getting critical about your own thought processes and immediately your immediate emotional reactions to things you see in the news and stuff like that and recognizing um, when you are drawing <laughs> from real life and, and how real people interact and how you know, real change happens and how our actual government works. And when you are drawing from like, well, he did a bad thing, so we should like blow up the government a la Katniss. Like, it's something that I feel is missing in a lot of our education system is being critical of that stuff and, and what it says about us and what it says about what we want from our society. And I think that that pulls really well into what what you said, Ali, where it's like people will take the same story and apply it to whatever they need it to fit for, which is Mm -hmm. why you see, you know, the resistance, which is like, you know, pretty clear drawing a line to uh, Star Wars and that resistance. But you see, you see similar phrasing um, on on opposing sides, where it's like, no, we're resisting you, and we're the rebels, and we're fighting for what's right, right? Uh, because it's it's very easy to take the the parts that fit with what you're doing in real life and just sort of squeeze them on in there. Um, and if you don't think about it too hard, you get people who are being like, I'm part of the resistance and working at actively working towards fascism is like, for reals, you're, you're the resistance against fascism. Okay. No, you're a fascist. Like, come on. (laughs) Um, it, it makes me think of Lord of the Rings. You can have so many different ways of interpreting that story. Um, it's a story. Uh, in some ways, it's very conservative. It's it's the good old days of the past are fading away, and so some of the some of the more inherently conservative values of valuing tradition and group cohesion are big themes there. Um, the differences between the humans and the elves and um, the invasion of these very dark-skinned orcs, um, the only dark-skinned characters in the whole trilogy. There's a lot of conservative ideas there. So there's, it, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Lauren, completely. It's like we, we understand these things completely differently based upon our experiences. All right, so then that's a, an, an amazing point, two people seeing the same story and getting completely different things out of it. But there are some stories, <laughs> there's some media, uh, there are some characters that are more, uh, what they do is more explicit. Like, uh, for example, and tell me if you have any examples, is is there any show or movie that you've seen where someone is, like, bullied in a school or where someone is straight-up homophobic or super racist and that there's, like, nuance to it, right? There's some, there, because a lot of the things that I watch, those things are presented as bad and they're explicitly stated as such. Because I, I understand that there are some things that could be up for interpretation, but there are some things that are not. And there's some media that, are like, that, that, 
that's the message, right? Like, oh, no, we need to treat women uh, equally. And I don't watch every single show. I don't read every single book in the world. But I know that uh, most popular media tends to have those ideas, right? There's a there's a reason why um, people talk about like Hollywood and liberal media, right? Because there are a lot of ideas being politically correct and things like that are are tend to be very popular. So, what about what about those examples? Do you still think that those fall into that same category of being up for interpretation? Uh, I think it depends. I think that a lot of the time you will find, you know, like positive social justice messaging gets reinterpreted in ways that most benefit the audience and so that i mean to to provide an example let's let's say i i don't i don't have an actual one off (laughs) on my head so i'm gonna make up a hypothetical maybe that it exists and somebody can provide that but uh you know let's say that you're watching a, a sitcom and they do an episode where it's talking about like the the struggles of uh women in the workplace and trying to you know, achieve equality or equitability. And, and you know, may, maybe it's framed around the the pay gap. And, you know, at the end of, end of the episode, it's like, yes, you know, women should be paid equally to men. Isn't this great? And somebody is going to take that message to be, well, yeah, that woman, that specific woman should be paid equally to a man. But, you know, like, Susie in marketing, like, she doesn't work as hard as I do. So, like, she doesn't deserve to be as paid as much as me. And so it's like you can you can take in these sort of broad social justice bits, but then fail to actually apply it in your own life. And I think that that is where we see what you're talking about, Hostway. Okay, where, like, this character, this hypothetical character is a hero of the movie, but people won't see it, see her as a as a hero. Yeah, or or just just being like, well, yeah, she's the hero, but like I don't see my own, you know, sister or my coworkers or students in my class in in the same light. It's like it doesn't it doesn't make the the jump to real life. Yeah, or you might you might see things in a very very literal way. So I uh, sometimes I've I've also talked to people. I talk to people a lot about Star Trek. So I've I've talked. To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't picked, if you haven't been listening to this podcast, I like Star Trek. There's an episode of the original series called "Let That Be Your Last Battlefield," and it is about a race, an alien race, where half of them are black on one side, the other half are black on the other side, and the alternate side is all white. And they've been at war with each other for thousands of years, blah de blah blah The whole episode is basically about Kirk saying, you're both the same, why are you fighting each other? And they're like, well, they're black on the left side, we're totally not the same. And Kirk's like, you are all really dumb, this is stupid, the reason why you're fighting each other, don't you see it? It's Star Trek being social justice. Uh, a lot of people say that episode is so on the nose, but it's... It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be about Star Trek saying this kind of fighting is really dumb. But some people can take that very literally and be like, well, yeah, that alien race is dumb. Um, But this is very different than what we're dealing with. And it's very different than what's happening in my neighborhood, in my city. And you don't understand the circumstances, blah, 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 blah. So even in in episodes where I think it's very, very clear cut, I, I think people can still interpret it differently or interpret it in a way where you might not have to 
necessarily deal with the more difficult and thorny issues that come along with it. Like even if it's Glee and the early seasons of Glee talking about homophobia and bullying and and things like that, you can look at it from a distance and not necessarily um, take that to to apply to any individual change in your life. Yeah, like like uh I think a, a good point to add here is the 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 rebranding from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy to Queer Eye and um I think it's in the first episode of that first season, but they talk about how they're not just going for tolerance anymore, they are going for acceptance um for LGBTQ people. And, and I think that that occurs in in a lot of our media where it's sort of trying to find that middle messaging to reach the, the broadest group of people. And so it sort of goes uh, kind of bland and just is aiming for tolerance instead of acceptance. And when mm, you're just going mm-hmm. for tolerance, it's really, really, really easy for bigoted people to be like, well, I'm tolerant. Right. Like, <clears throat> I right. <laughs> I don't, you know, I haven't hung a black man, so I can't be racist. And it's like, oh my god, do you hear yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah. I think, I think that's um, the the shift from tolerance to acceptance is is something that needs to happen more frequently in media. Uh, Andrew Solomon has a fantastic line in um, uh, his documentary "Far from the Tree," where he says, "My family was very." tolerant um and not very tolerant my family was very open-minded as long as it was from an arm's distance away and when he came out as being gay in his own family um and his family now having to to deal with that um it was a very different story and I think that can happen a lot for a lot all of us. I know that's happened in my life and my journey in being close-minded in some things and then like changing perspectives later from experience and talking to people and getting to know people. So I'm curious if any of you have any examples of having watched something, right, or seen something that was clearly, clearly, I guess, uh, in, in quotes, the good thing in the movie or the hero in the movie and you disagreed with it because for example, a few weeks ago we talked about the hero induced trauma thing, right? Where like, yeah, like I agree with why these uh, heroes are doing what they're doing, but I, I kind of disagree with the fact that they're beating the shit out of everybody. Like I don't, <laughs> right. Like I, I do have a problem with that. And, yeah. but like I was watching, I don't know, the, the the most recent show I'm watching is Sabrina, right? Where I see this group of jocks that goes and literally punches this girl in the face because she dresses like a boy. And then the the girls basically scare the shit out of them and, and uh, have wonderful revenge and payback. Like, I'm on board 100%, right? I'm agreeing with it all the way through. But I know that I know, I know people who would watch that and would be like, oh, no, I disagree with what just happened there. Like, I agree. Like, that was not okay. Like, why... Like Kavanaugh thing, right? Like, oh, why they treat those boys that way? You know, that's not okay. I'm, I'm wondering if you've ever had that experience or you've watched something that was presented to you as a good thing and you disagreed with it. I have uh, not a specific example, but a whole wealth of them. Uh, romantic movies, the way that men treat women is <laughs> super abhorrent all the time. Uh, to give a specific example, the, the the woman being like, I'm not really into it. Can you please leave me alone? And him 
coming back and trying over and over again, including like really over the top ridiculous things like, I don't know, chasing someone to an airport um, and stuff like that. And, and it's treated as like, it's so romantic and fantastic. Like, look, look how deep their love is. And this is, you know, further impressed by, of course, the happy ending when they get together. But real life, that stuff happens to women and it's terrifying and can lead to assault and death and and it's like one of those things that the media keeps kind of kind of pushing isn't this great and fun like oh it's so cute and it's it is not it's not cute y'all it's not cute that's a great billion example you just gave (laughs) oh that's a lot of examples (laughs) um ali brought up glee and i think about how the bullies end up half the time end up being friends with the kids in the glee club, right? And but you're they like, still fuck those get, guys. <laughs> but they but they still get bullied. They still like and they don't right, do it right, right. they quote unquote don't do it in a mean way, but they still make fun of them and make them feel bad for liking the things they like and doing the things they do. And it and it's made quote unquote endearing. Like, really? Yeah, really? yeah. And to, to to extrapolate off of that, the um the bully who picks on the gay kid and then it turns out that like oh i was gay and that's why i picked on you yeah like Mm -hmm. yes i'm i'm sure Mm -hmm. that that has happened in real life sure is it as prevalent as media likes to make it no no (laughs) No? and that's not cool to basically be like well bullying's okay i mean it goes for the straights also where it's like young boys being mean to girls it's like oh he has a crush on you and it's basically just training women to accept poor behavior from men i'm sorry i'm going off on a rant ah go (laughs) keep going keep going keep it going it's just it's just again as i mentioned before it's like we we recognize that this is not real but we will subconsciously apply these frameworks to real life and it, it becomes the you know the expectation of like this guy doesn't like me because he didn't you know show up at my door in the rain you know holding up a, a boom box i'm like stuff like that where it's like in real life we realize this like oh this is not real but then we keep sort of shifting those fantasy and fictional things into real life lauren uh, your comment about a lot of those romance movies, it can it can have such a toxic influence on um, on people and their expectations uh, and what how they think they should interact with women. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with that. I'll I'll, I'll take it. I'm going to go in a different direction, go on a more lighter side because I feel like I'm I've been going I've been going a little too deep. But I'll also go personal, so it's going to be lighter and personal. Uh, Ferris Bueller. He's totally the villain. <laughs> so uh, I grew up loving that movie and really looking up to that character. And I was, you know, I was depressed as a in middle school, very socially anxious. And I wanted to be as cool as I thought Ferris Bueller was. He was the kind of guy I wanted to be. And so in high school, I, I tried to really um, channel more of that cool, doesn't give a crap about school kind of attitude um doing weird stuff like you know that was that was the person i was trying to channel and then flash forward many 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 years later and i'm in therapy as a grad student really struggling with procrastination really struggling with um moving forward in my life and trying to figure all these things out and feeling like i don't even know if i want to 
become a psychologist and all this stuff. And my therapist asked me, like, you need to you need to give a name to this thing. Like, you, you need to give a name to all the stuff that you keep describing. The the wanting to sleep in, non, wanting not to do your work, wanting to kind of avoid all these responsibilities and just had fun. And then it just kind of clicked for me. It's it's like me being like Ferris Bueller. And he's like, o- okay. And um, he said, well, what, what are your thoughts about Ferris Bueller? And I kind of described this and I said, I actually think he's like the villain of my life now. Like I'm, I'm, I've been trying to be like him all these years and now he's really like screwing me over. And so I think that's, it's, it's a bit of a long example, but I think it's an example of someone who's the hero of that movie. But if you actually look at the consequences of his actions, I mean, he like kind of bullies his best friend into taking his dad's like prized car out and then like ruining it like that's not something friends should be doing to each other so uh yeah ferris bueller not a good not a good person wait a minute husue did my therapist just do like geek therapy on me like yeah it happened like 10 years ago yeah 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 without even knowing it i didn't realize it you should call him and tell him (laughs) There's a show on YouTube called Zach Morris's Trash, mm-hmm. which basically revisits Save by the Bell yes. and shows you what a dick uh, Zach Morris was. Same, just a horrible, horrible person. Same kind of situation. Totally, man. I, I 100% agree with that. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I like that we touched it from different angles, right? Like uh, the way I started presenting it was in a very black and white way. We went... We went uh, gray right we looked at a lot of the nuance and then i'm i'm glad that we flipped it around we we gave some examples of how i think we all kind of experience that uh it was just a conversation that i want to have I'm, I'm i'm glad you all brought up all these examples is there anything else that any of you want to add to this no okay good all right so that's it for that topic so we'll be right back with media matters if you haven't heard geek therapy is on patreon patreon is a membership platform where you can support some of your favorite creators Members support this podcast and the entire Geek Therapy Network, plus they gain access to exclusive and behind-the-scenes content, including our monthly GT book club. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a member at patreon.com slash geektherapy. Again, to support Geek Therapy directly and become a member with access to exclusive perks, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. All right, we're back uh, with our Media Matters segment. Media Matters. Lauren? Uh, I have perhaps an- another example. We've we've done a lot of media matters already uh, in our general topic, but um, another example is the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I love. It's a extremely funny show, but all About of the characters- five horrible people. Yes, all of the characters <laughs> are bad people, and the show consistently shows that over and over again, and it's it. I think it does a really good job of- um, treading that line of of showing bad behavior and laughing at bad behavior, but not uh, encouraging that behavior. Um, partly because <laughs> the gang always gets their comeuppance, but um, <laughs> though n- not often jail time as is would be expected. But you know, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think I think that's a, a good example of a show being sort of critical about what what they are portraying and why and and being sort of thoughtful about what messaging does that send to our audience and making sure that they're pretty careful about like 
yes, drinking, you know, 35 beers on a plane is super funny, but don't do that in real yeah. life. Don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Ali? Yeah, I got one that I watched right before recording our podcast tonight. So it's um, fresh... Fresh media? I don't know. Fresh media. Hey, hey. <laughs> look at this, folks. We've got uh, uh, the, the, the jingle listener has become the jingle master. Nicely done, Josue. I, I, uh, I, I tip my hat to you. So this is from Superstore. Uh, I, I've mentioned Superstore a few times in the show. Um, I really uh, love this show. My wife and I uh, watch it all the time. It always There's always at least one moment that cracks me up. And in this week's episode, uh, the uh, America Ferrera's character, her name is Amy, um, she just gave birth to a child. And um, she thought she has all this uh, parental leave. And her boss calls her and says, actually, you don't qualify for that anymore. So you have to show up to work right now. And so she shows up to work like after giving birth, three days later after giving birth. And um, so part of it, it talks about like parental leave. And there's um, another character that recently gave birth and she still has her leave. And it talks about disparities and, and all of this sort of stuff, which is, you know, a pretty important issue um, and it's also something not a lot of shows talk about but the whole show is also about her um, having such a hard time trying to work three days after giving birth and it is such a good representation of all the stuff that happens um, and that women have to deal with very recently after giving birth that I've never seen any show deal with ever or have representation of ever usually um, a character gives birth and then they're happy with the baby and then that's it you don't see what happens next and having just gone through this um, in my family and um, learning for the first time like how much of a healing process has to happen after that I was so impressed at how the show handled it, was representative of it, but was still funny at the same time. So that was amazing. So nicely done, Superstore. All right. I got to jump in with one of my examples, which is also about babies. Babies? (laughs) About people having babies. Yep. uh, This is from uh, the latest Doctor Who. There's a character who is a man and he is pregnant and he's having a baby. And this is very normal on on the planet that he's from. And everybody else on the ship thinks that, that it's so weird. But I, I just love the way that they uh, or that they showed pregnancy from um from from a male perspective, right? Something that we 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 cannot even consider. We can only imagine, right? What it would uh, be like. But it was. I, I just love the way they treated it. He wanted male doulas because he was a guy. So two of the companions um, are doulas for him. And this, the way they talk about pregnancy and, and, and fatherhood from that perspective was, I think, uh, interesting. And I'd never seen that before. I've seen Junior, but I think this was better. <laughs> <laughs> the, way, the way they handled it, um, it was way more responsible. Nice. I am a little behind my Doctor Who, but I got to check out. Uh, I, I try not to up. spoil. Like, that's just a thing yeah. that happened. No, you know, no, 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 no. No spoilers. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. I don't feel like I need to delete that off my DVR now. <laughs> I got I got nothing. 
Okay, that's nothing. fine. I um, have another one. Ooh, okay, Lauren can I give mine to Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ali mentioned The Good Place earlier, and oh, I think yeah. The Good Place is an excellent show with lots of ongoing conversations about what it means to be good and evil and how um, intent matters to action. Um yeah, it's a great show. Super funny. Highly recommended. That's that's what the show's about. <laughs> Extremely on brand. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I, I, we should probably talk about the good place because I've been texting with a friend and I have some I have some thoughts now. I think we need to revisit it and have a conversation about some representation. Like a full episode? Like have that as a topic? I, I think we need I think it needs a full episode. We could. We could. I mean, I it, guys, I'm not here next week. You should do it. Okay, because oh. you don't watch it, right? Yeah. Okay. No, sounds so like a plan. Also, you sh- you should watch it. <laughs> I, I have a, there's a lot of things I need to watch. Yes, yes, I know. Uh, you should watch it just for Tahani because she's so hot. <laughs> 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 but like a repulsive human being. So see, I don't know if I yeah. like that. Which really <laughs> leans more into the the good and evil conversation we're having. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, before, before I wrap up, I have one more example, which is a, a very super negative example. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Let's yeah. hear it. I'm, I'm... I, I love Queen a lot. And this movie is not a good biopic, but specifically- <laughs> Really? Just... You're the first person I've heard say oh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. Google it. Like it Although it... my friend did say there was some stuff that you would think they would have put in that- no, no, no. Listen, listen. Yeah. Trust me. Like, you can see the, the, the movie and know nothing about Queen and be like, oh, that was an okay movie. But there's two things that stood out to me. One is that they literally just rewrote history for a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> and that is unforgivable. <laughs> okay? There is some stuff that just, like, downright just did not happen or they put it out of order. And that, that happens in biopics. But yeah. this was egregious. This was horrible. Google it. Trust me. Okay. But the worst part is that Freddie Mercury is gay. Nah, uh, 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 no. Uh, uh, bisexual. He's a cat-loving bisexual, which is very relatable to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew that going into the movie, but the movie shies away from that. Boo. In ways Boo. that were unbelievable in the movie. Almost like, is he or isn't he? And I was like, what the fuck? That's the one thing I know going into this movie. <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, some articles have, have uh, presented... Um, the movie as an insult to Freddie Mercury, as gay shaming, as wow. it is, oh, it is just so bad, so bad what they do. And the reasons for that, apparently, like, obviously, Freddie Mercury isn't here to tell his own story. So that is why the people who wanted to tell his story wanted to tell it that way. Mm. Uh, some articles think that in the movie he was basically they show him as like oh well finally when they show you that he was gay it's like oh and then he got AIDS like he he got what he deserved and I haven't heard anything like that or seen anything like that in 15 20 years so I am shocked that a movie like this came out in uh, 2018 <sighs> but it's complicated so I'll, I'll I'm gonna throw in another example here. Uh, Josue, you really like Queen, and I really like David Bowie. I mean, I like Queen too. It's not like and I like David Bowie yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm okay, not pitching okay. it like they're against each other or anything. Like this is not that. But I was just saying, like you mentioned a bisexual um, Freddie Mercury like musical icon. So it made me think of another bisexual musical icon, uh, David Bowie. And so I went to his. Um, 
there's a, a, a wonderful exhibit on David Bowie uh, here at the Brooklyn Museum, and I went to that over the summer. And it was uh, created in part by his, um, I don't know if it's his trust or his family or whatever organization represents his, um, his stuff. Um, they gave incredible access to his life, his letters, his wardrobe, his, like, everything about his career. And you go through it, and you learn about his childhood and his family, and then you learn about all of his collaborations, but nothing about his personal life, like, after the age of, like, 18. There's very little at all about his relationships and I don't know I mean I it, it was nowhere near what you're talking about with Bohemian Rhapsody it gets weird like who is telling the story what are the motivations um, what do they think is important to tell what are they leaving out it it all gets complicated when uh, you're seeing an exhibit or seeing a movie I believe that's called erasure yes yes <laughs> uh, and this was more of an official exhibit so I don't know. It's complicated. It's fucked up. <laughs> and on that note, let's do a quickie therapy segment. <laughs> bring it back up. Bring it back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring it back up. Uh, a little positivity. Our geek therapy segment is where we talk about what happened in the last week that was those therapeutic in the most general sense. Made us feel good or helped us get through a tough time. Anybody have any geek therapy this week? I do. Um, there is a song called Pop Star by KDA, and it is really catchy and fun, and it has a super cool animated music video um, with League of Legends characters, which I didn't realize until like, I got to the end of the music video, and it showed it said League of Legends. So I was like, oh, what? <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a really catchy song. I've been listening to it like almost on repeat. There's also a version of the song on YouTube that is the the actual choreographers doing doing the dance, which is is really cool to see. Um, I, I, I like I like watching people dance, but um. It has lines in the chorus that are really boosting me up. I it has been really hard lately with with the news and the election and it's it's just it's been a big fucking bummer. Um and and hearing women talk about how like you can try but you can't bring us down. And being tough and being able to to win, and of course it's you know sort of angled towards playing League of Legends, I guess. But I very much took it as like, "Fuck you, we will prevail." And I really, really needed that this week. So it it has been good. My geek therapy for this week was Extra Life. Oh yeah, that was a week ago. Yeah, that was yeah. less than a week ago. That's true. It was a week ago. Oh, wait, that's me too. (laughs) (laughs) Staying up for 24 hours, playing games with my friends, getting to watch the stream this year was so cool. I cannot believe how much money we raised. It is more than we've ever raised. I was pushing everyone else's stuff. That's why I haven't met my goal. But like, I cannot believe it. We our goal was four thousand dollars. 
and not even if when was it Hostway? like maybe six hours in yeah we decided was, yeah. to bump it to five thousand lauren was streaming when it happened so there's a yeah. moment where i'm like we did it she's like ah. <laughs> yeah yeah um it was it was amazing i just appreciate everybody for whether they played streamed donated checked out the stream cheered us on it it was amazing and i can't wait for next year i'm gonna start bugging people to sign up in january (laughs) (laughs) damn uh it was it was so much fun laura i jackbox with you was great yes i desperately want to do that on on our gt stream sometime because of how fun that was (laughs) we were playing at like 2 3 a.m so it was very (laughs) silly but like oh such a blast and it was like pretty far in so like trying to set up a stream for that when we're already tired and loopy it was so great that it actually (laughs) actually pulled it off (laughs) ali uh i got two i'll give a um i'll do them both kind of quickly so um there's this video I randomly found on NASA's YouTube page. If you search for uh, Space Station Fish Eye Fly Through 4K, it is exactly what that title describes. <laughs> it's just NASA with a 20-minute fly-through of a, uh, uh, from a first-person perspective of the space station. So if you've ever wanted to know what it's like to float through the space station, watch this video on YouTube in 4K. It's amazing. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. I, I just, just like just watch that for a while the other thing i um have really been enjoying is hassan minaj's patriot act on netflix so if you haven't seen it um check it out um hassan minaj's stuff is super topical and also like very validating he speaks about a lot of um just like real world moments um being a south asian guy and um i just very much identify with a lot of that stuff so um his first 3 episodes are up and they've been great i especially really liked uh last week's episode so uh check out patriot act on netflix on netflix and my geek therapy this week was a video game called wander song Woo! which lauren lauren forced me to play and, and you streamed and you streamed on Extra Life. I did for a couple hours, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a game where you play as a bard and you sing your way through all of life's problems all the way up to saving the universe practically. And it was wonderful and it was amazing and there's so much good music and it made me so happy all the way through. And I usually play video games without my headphones on. Like I usually listening to something else, but because I mean, there was, there was music, uh, it was such an important part of the game. I just, Oh, it was so good. So good. Lauren, good job. It was, was, the game is so good. We will. I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. Look for, look forward to that headshots episode coming soon <laughs> speaking of plugs yeah we'll definitely do an episode um we're going to do an episode on on wander song because whew, that is that is one special game was special to me um and i didn't bring it up during media matters but the way that it handles good and evil in that game is just incredible it's just so so good um any other plugs yeah, um, I don't think I uh, plugged this episode, but uh, I alluded to this episode last time. So my um, episode where I asked all my uh, therapist friends for their mental best mental health advice, including your own Josue Cardona, 
is up on YouTube. So if you check out The Psych Show on YouTube, you'll be able to see that episode and find out what was Josue's best mental health advice ever. Play Wander Song. <laughs> <laughs> if we recorded it now, maybe. Uh, but his best advice from August, which is when I originally asked for the advice, and that gives you a sense of how long it takes me to make episodes nowadays. I mean, that was a, that's a pretty special, big, big episode. Yeah, it was a little supersized, yes. <laughs> you didn't even have to come up with the content. You just took content from other people. Why did it take you so long? <laughs> Editing is hard. You literally, you didn't even write it down. You just like actually posted our tweets there. Come on. You could dish like five of those out in a week. <laughs> Twitter doesn't screen cap itself, Josue. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. I apologize. how to highlight screen caps, that was like a day in itself. Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, well, great job. Oh, thank you. Everybody watch it. It's good. Aww. Subscribe. Press the bell button. You got you got the cool the cool kids nowadays say smash the uh, smash, <laughs> smash the that subscribe. subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Laura, people can still donate to Extra Life, right? Absolutely. Extra Life is 365 days a year. 366 on a leap year. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Just the facts in this episode have been uh, amazing. So that's at geektherapy.com slash extra life. You can still donate. Some of us haven't reached our goals yet. So, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just pick, pick I'm and technically the closest to my goal. So if yeah. somebody wanted to help push me over, that'd be dope. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, like I think I think Lauren's like, what, two $10 donations away? Yeah. And I'm like five and a half ten dollar donations away <laughs> mm, there you go so you're five and a half ten dollar donations <laughs> facts ali facts i'm not good <laughs> Look, at we're doing not math here. at this hour of the we're day we're not here to do math <laughs> <laughs> or just vote for whoever you like the most all right so that is it for this episode of geek uh, <clears throat> that's a uh, i'm so tired it's past it's midnight mm-hmm. here. Josue, do you want do you want to tag somebody else in Oh, actually, yeah, sure. Who wants to Who wants to try? Please make my life easier. Thank you for listening to Geek Therapy Radio. Uh, you can find all of our content on geektherapy.com. You can respond to this episode or uh, make your own threads over on the forums for discussion. That's forum, forums, for, for, forum, forum, forum.geektherapy.com. Uh, we did extra life. Uh, you can join us on the Discord for more uh, lighthearted conversation and sharing music and videos and uh, game sales, all sorts of cool stuff on Discord. That's geektherapy.com forward slash Discord. Um, you should also join our Patreon, which also has a, an, an address. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash geektherapy will get you there. Oh, thank you, Ali. Yeah. And um, don't forget to geek out and do good. Wait, and we're also on Twitter. But, uh... Oh, shit. Oh, well, I, I did okay. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to take my B and leave. <laughs> Bring us home, Ali. For, oh, fuck. Well, let's see if I know everyone's Twitter. Um, for more stuff, you can check out us at <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's hard see, um, see? okay <clears throat> you, i got do you this. want you want me you got it no laura laura 
You can catch us on Twitter at Geek Therapy. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Ali is at Ali Matu. Josue is at Josue A. Cardona. And I am at Geek Therapist. Nailed it. Yeah. This is my favorite ending ever. This is the best. I'm never wrapping up an episode again. (laughs) You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy. 